Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, before we start the show, now's the time to help support independent media and you can do it for just a few dollars a month by subscribing to our bonus content on our Patreon page. Go to bobseskashow.com and pitch in with as little as $1 per month. But if you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get all kinds of exclusive bonus content, including the postmortem show. And if you sign up for $10 per month, you'll get our Friday After Party podcast where Kimberly Johnson and I talk about politics, pop culture, sexuality, and our personal lives. Plus, you'll join one of the fastest growing communities of podcast listeners around. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'll roll to you this way. Go get it, Christopher. When you polish the floor, you have to move the tree. If you can't do something right, don't do it at all. I'm sorry, Miss Crawford. <laughs> Give me the soap. You see, Caroline, you have to stay on top of things every single minute. Okay. Caroline, do you get that? Yes, Miss Crawford. Helga, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. Yeah, see, I performed that live on the Stephanie Miller show this morning, so I thought I'd, I'm now an honorary gay. Thank you so much. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 16, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hi. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 1,183 of the Trump crisis, 202 days until the 2020 presidential election, and we're trying something new with our audio <laughs> setup here, so hang on tight. Here we go. <laughs> it is the goth ninjas. Jody Hamilton Hello. from the From Hello. the Bunker podcast. Oh, that's David T-Rex Ferguson from the <laughs> T-Rex Report podcast. Patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. See, we uh, had problems with our ISDN setup where we all connect because I'm here in Washington, D.C. Jody's in California. T-Rex is in Georgia. So there's no way. We're all in different rooms. We're all in different states, in fact. So uh, the goddamn thing kept disconnecting. Every show disconnecting. In fact, uh, Kimberly Johnson was using it yesterday, the same line, and it was disconnecting for her, too. So we've tried something new. 
I hope it works. Jody, check in and say hello. Hello. There. Okay, there's Jody. David. Hello. Okay. Oh, that was sexy. Yeah. Okay, Jody. Oh. <laughs> we're going to do some on-the-fly adjusting here. Jody, you can be louder. Hold on. Let me turn up the trim. You okay. sounded dirty. The trim. Didn't yes. It. Turn turn up your trim. I'm a nasty little girl. <laughs> okay, so I think we're in good shape. I think this is okay. I think we're going to be able to do this, so good. I hope so. This is exciting. All right. We also have the video option, which we only we can see the video. <laughs> you can't see the video listening at home. So but it's really cool because when you guys talk, your little initials going to pulsate. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, they do. Look at that. That's yes. Weird. Isn't that cool? Maybe you should adjust your trim every time the video pulsates. <laughs> I will. I'm not wearing pants as usual, so it's fine. <laughs> Me neither. That's why I turned off my video. Okay. This is only entertaining for the three of us. So let's get into the show now. <laughs> See, we, we have to do what we have to do. I mean, it's either this or the show disconnects 12 times within an hour and a half. Are we ready to talk about fucking Dr. Oz and the Donald Trump death cult? Can we discuss what? this? Dr. Oz? Oh, Is yeah. Is he involved oh, yeah. now? I missed oh, yeah. that this morning. Uh, Dr. Oz on Hannity uh, last night said that it's okay to have 2 to 3% mortality among children by sending the kids back to school now. Do you want to hear? Here's the clip of Dr. Oz on Hannity and underscoring once again that the people who love Donald Trump are all part of a death cult. Dr. Oz, help us. Well, first, we need our mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the nation where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just saw a nice piece what? in the Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us Jesus. 2 to 3% in terms of total mortality. And, you know, that's any life is a life loss. But to get every child back into a school where they're safely being educated, being fed, uh, and making the most out of their lives with a theoretical risk in the backside, uh, it might be a trade-off some folks would consider. We need to get industry back, supply lines. I mean, things that we can do without putting the nation at you risk. You know what? He can shut the fuck up. That is insane yeah. that is a he completely de- lost me at appetizing I yes. mean, is he gonna eat the children is he a exactly. witch that lives in a house made of candy in the woods yeah <laughs> I mean, not the right word dr oz here yeah. says that two to three percent of school-aged children would amount to 1.7 million dead children that's mm-hmm. 350 times the normal death rate for uh, children of that age group. And this is all in order to reelect Donald Trump. I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. All this is being done to prop up Trump and his own inaction and his own incompetence in the face of all of this goddamn shit. I mean, that's the ultimate madness about this. Not only, mm-hmm. not only are they doing it to prop up Donald Trump, but now they're actually saying on live Fox News airwaves that they're totally okay. Let's kill some children. Let's, Let's kill some yeah. children yeah. in the volcano. Exactly. For King Orange Face. Yeah. Our okay, pro life. Our pro life party <laughs> is getting ready right. to kill children. And and, and the one point two to one point seven million children all have parents, yeah. and mostly a lot of them have grandparents, grandparents? Mm-hmm. Um, aunts and uncles, and friends' parents, and and uh, people in the community. So if those people get sick, they can give it to their. I mean, that's not just 1.7 million children that would die. Yeah. It would be another 10 million people easily. What the F are they thinking? I'm trying to be a good girl. What the fuck are they thinking? I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, fuck them. Well, em. this is the thing. This is the other thing with me with the reopening 
you know, we keep talking about whether or not the president has the authority to reopen the country. The president does not have the authority to like tell me when it's safe to go out. Neither does my governor, neither does my mayor. I will authorize myself yeah. to return to quote unquote normal life because it, this, it can't be driven by anything other than the science. Right. I had a friend who was working here before LA shut down and she worked for a talent agent. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm not coming to work. I can do my job from home because it's a talent agency. And if you want to come in because you're the agent and you need to have an office, that's fine. He yeah. basically ordered his staff to come to work. And she said, well, I'm not risking my job. Yeah. And so she quit on the spot. And then it, it, she tweeted about it and stuff. The Hollywood Reporter is doing a report on this agency now because of what he oh, did. Because God. he was ordering his his staff, if you don't come to work, you're fired. And it's like, well, f you. I'm taking my life. That you know, I'm not yeah. I'm not coming to work for this stupid job. Right. I really hope that people will stand up for themselves on this. I, mm. I know a lot of people are like, well, I need a job. I need the money. But if we all, as a group, say. No, you can't use my life as grist for yeah. your economic mill. I mean, the billionaires are telling us, oh, you need to go back to work, which shows us conclusively that they don't make their money. We do. Exactly, exactly. And the other gigantic takeaway from this is imagine what they're ultimately saying here. Let's shove kids back into school and w- there's the potential for 1.7 million of them to die in the process. We're at the low end of 2%. That's 1.1 million dead kids. At 3%, it's 1.7 million dead kids. Mm-hmm. What they're talking about is abortion in the 48th trimester. Exactly. That, that is so <laughs> fucking insane for these people, but they're okay with it. They will justify anything and literally anything in order to prop up their clown dictator. That's what the amazing thing about it. And we we've seen this on several occasions this week alone. I mean, talk about uh states' rights and small government in the face of Donald Trump declaring himself to be a totalitarian dictator this week. I mean, there is another mm-hmm gigantic contradiction and if you look at the protests that were happening in Lansing, Michigan yesterday with the Confederate flags for God's sake mm-hmm. I mean the Confederate flag in alone, Michigan? Yeah, yes, in, in Michigan. Michigan in Michigan <laughs> all, sorry, those, just... uh, all those Michigan good old boys, right? <laughs> I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean at least like people down here could, Isn't that Kid Rock? I mean, <laughs> was it? Oh God Isn't he from Michigan? Probably Oh my God he is, isn't he? I think he is Yeah yeah, he is. But I mean, look, you look, talk Kid about- Rock. It's not a costume. It's my culture. Okay, <laughs> your aunt and uncle. I mean, your parents weren't second cousins like mine were. <laughs> you don't have cousins that are so inbred they've got one blue eye and one green eye. No, kid. Like, I mean, just stay in your lane, prep school asshole from Michigan, and yeah, I'm, I'm from like down here in Incest Holler, and we don't take kindly. <laughs> Do you culturally appropriate our stars and bars, buddy? It's really amazing because, I mean, the whole idea of the Confederacy, uh, in order to defend slavery, they became all about states' rights, right? Mm -hmm. And so now they're like, Donald Trump gets up in front of his Trump show the other day and goes, hey, I now have total power. I am now a totalitarian dictator inside the United States, and I have all of these powers to be able to uh, overrule the will of the governors, overrule the will of Congress. That was yesterday. It's a whole other story. And all of these states' rights, small government people are like, yeah, my president. That's my president. He's such a genius. That guy 
and they don't understand that it's exactly the opposite of their core values as conservatives. Uh, but I don't they think don't they have, have Let me just say, they, like, don't. they don't have any core values. Exactly. Yeah, their core right. values are resentment and fear. <laughs> and period. power. Power, well, yeah. It's power. It's not about anything. They're, 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 there's no ideology behind, at least the people in power. All they want is power and money. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's what drives them. In fact, Barack Obama said it the other day. He said it best. This mm-hmm. is not a party oh, so driven good. by values or morality or anything like that. It's a party driven by the... Lust for power, and that's what it's not just got control of government, they want control of women's bodies, mm-hmm. they want control of who gets to put their naughty bits in other people's naughty bits, and how and when. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. I mean, when it yeah. gets right down to it, the main virtues of the Republican Party are essentially selfishness, cruelty, and and manip- control, right? You know? right. So, yep, yeah, fuck them, <laughs> exactly, fuck them, <laughs> fuck them, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, on top of that, as I mentioned a second ago. Trump yesterday threatened to adjourn both chambers of Congress if the the Senate doesn't confirm his nominees for various openings across his administration. I mean, openings that that are are all his fault. I mean, he's taken forever to appoint new uh, warm bodies to shove into these positions. See also Mick Mulvaney and Jared Kushner taking up half of the federal bureaucracy right now. But now, so the idea is to adjourn Congress so that he can recess, recess appoint yeah. all of these people. Now, aren't recess appointments generally something you do kind of by surprise? Like something like, oh, is Congress, they've adjourned? Oh, shit, we have a bunch of these people we want to get into post. Let's put John Bolton into the UN. Yeah, ex- exactly right. Yes, and George W. Bush, as moronic as he was, never once stood up in front of the uh, entire country on live national television and said, okay, here's, here's the plan. Here's what I'm going to do. This is exactly here's my what... my secret plan. Here's my, here's my double super secret plan. I'm going to send... <laughs> to stop inflation. <laughs> to stop inflation. That's right. Uh, so he warned Congress that Congress should either fulfill its duty and vote on his nominees or it should formally adjourn so he can make recess appointments. Lawmakers aren't expected to return to Capitol Hill until May 4th, but the House and Senate have both been conducting pro forma sessions while they're out. So Trump called the practice of leaving town while conducting phony pro forma sessions. That was his phrase a scam and quote a dereliction of duty donald trump in the middle of all of this that he worsened i mean there's now numbers and graphs showing that the entire dead month of february the entire month of february when he did nothing has worsened this there could have been six thousand deaths yeah and the ones you know and as opposed to the However, and I don't think we're going to, I think we're going to blow through one in 200,000. Oh, yeah, I agree. With South Dakota refusing to lock down and other Mm -hmm. red states. I mean, at least my governor finally was like, oh, maybe we should get people to stay home. Yeah. You know, it just, but it just. Well, the thing (sighs) is with, 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 with uh, judicial nominees, isn't it just the Senate that has to stay in session and not do a recess appointment? So, I mean, Mitch McConnell could. Do that. Right. It's interesting that he's not doing it. Yeah, they're his own people. That's what the amazing I, thing about this death call that's is. That's what's interesting is, well, and it's not just that, like, with the Senate approving his judicial nominees or mm. him saying, hey, go into recess so I can recess appoint people at least for the next six months mm. because that's when it would happen because the new term would be a whole different thing, but, or seven months. Um, but Mitch McConnell could recess the Senate because the House has nothing to do with judicial nominees. No, absolutely not. 
It's interesting, though, that, that Mitch McConnell hasn't put the Senate in recess because he never did when Obama was trying to do that. No, definitely or, or not. There was an option of Obama doing that before the election or before the uh, inauguration. Had he gone into recess like he should have, Obama could have recess appointed Gorsuch before the inauguration, and then it would have taken a year or so for that to change up. Yeah, yeah. But it's... it's um. It's interesting that that McConnell hasn't done that at this point. I don't know why he hasn't done that other than he wants his own power to stay intact. Well, the bottom line in the Senate is I think some of the Democrats are putting some of these nominees, putting like uh, anonymous holds on on some of them. I I think that's kind of what's happening there, too. So Mitch McConnell's excuse last night was... Well, Democrats are putting holds on some of the nominees. You can just hear you can hear the jowls just yes. you know, and it, like I, I always used to say that uh, uh, Mitch McConnell looks like an albino slee stack. That's kind of he does. <laughs> that is an excellent uh, description. Well, oh, and like world. half the audience, any millennial in the audience is like, "What's a, a, what, a what's a slee stack?" Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, right now we have in the United States about 620,000 confirmed cases as of the end of the day yesterday. Total deaths around 28,000. Uh, total we're recoveries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're and always that. remember that these are drastically oh, yeah. low, these numbers, because half yeah. the tests, we, I mean, we can't get tests still in my county. Yeah. Right, I can give you the number as of an hour or so ago from Johns Hopkins, who I listened to. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually lagging behind another website. So uh, somewhere between wow. my number and a little over 33,000. But my number as of about an hour ago was 31,590 U.S. souls have died. Holy shit. That is unfucking believable And you think the president has any sympathy for those people? He doesn't care. No. Yeah. I mean, last night, I mean, how many people died just yesterday alone inside the United States? Was something like 2,300. And he, yeah. all he did was get up there and, and yell at reporters. <laughs> this yeah. is the entirety of his... Oh, first, I guess this was Tuesday night for the first half... He just was naming nuts. He was just talking yeah. about, like, it was an entire roster of corporate names. Well, I mean, apparently some of the people that he listed who were going to help him were, yeah. like, Had no idea they were on this list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, I think someone on Nicole Wallace was saying that uh, they called around to these people and they were like, what? I was, what he he yeah. said, what? I'm on what? Yeah, it just was like a total just like, these are the people that I know <laughs> that I could think of, you know. Do you do when you do the volunteering? Yeah, <laughs> when you do the when you do the Trump voice, do you also do the gestures? Because I'm yes, always you doing. Have to it. Do the little okay symbol with your with your yeah uh, dominant hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what I do, and it's impossible to do a Trump impression without the hand gestures. It just has to happen. But I mean, yesterday during his press conference, speaking of numbers, he was doubting all of the numbers that are being reported. Because they run contrary to his PR spin on all of this, which is fucking defunding the World Health Organization, which he can't do. Yeah, because that money has already been appropriated for the fiscal year. Sorry, buddy. You can't claw that one back. It's done. Thank God. Yeah, because it's just it's a fucking crime against humanity for him Mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. This is like really objectively just saying, I don't care. Let's throw some more bodies on the bonfire. Yeah, because. I don't like what's happening. And I was writing about it this morning and I was just like, you know, and I don't know why necessarily he's mad at who, except that they are telling the truth and he is not, which is the only reason he ever hates anybody is for actually existing in a real 
uh, three-dimensional actual reality. Yeah. No, well, David, the, I think he hates The Who because he really didn't like Magic Bus. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. I was just going to say know, the same thing. For that. Yes, that's right. He loved Tommy, but Magic Bus. He was loved Tommy, but he that. really hated Magic Bus, and that's that's his problem. <laughs> I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now his thing with the World Health Organization is the World Health Organization and its reporting of the various numbers and its uh, efforts and all of this have been making Trump look bad. And so Trump is in the process of scapegoating everybody who's not Trump. So it's going to be everyone's fault. Because the fault. meta-narrative is always the same, is what I was yeah. saying. That you know, It's like I don't really even need to know the particulars, except that they live in reality, and he's on planet Donald. <laughs> planet <laughs> Donald, so. exactly. But, I mean, this was, a, this was asked yesterday of him. In fact, we're going to hear from Tiny Trump here. Yesterday, a reporter said to, to Donald Trump during the Trump show, why is it that the United States is only 4% of the world population, but we have 20% of the coronavirus cases? Here's that exchange from yesterday's Trump show. Why do we have 20% of the world's deaths from the coronavirus and we're only 4% of the world's population? Well, you don't know what you have. Do you think you're getting honest numbers from some of these countries? Do you really believe those numbers in this vast country called China? And that they have a certain number of cases and a certain number of deaths. Does anybody really believe that? Here's the story. We report everything. We're reporting the cases. And our reporting is good. No, no. Tiny Trump, you're wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong. See that? I've heard that response personally from Trump voters on many, many occasions. Uh, you say, okay, well, here's some math from you know the Congressional Budget Office. And they go, you really believe those numbers? Are you really going to tell me those numbers? You think those numbers are real? You are so naive. You know, it's that. It's that conspiratorial it's the, it's, tone. Yeah. It's the, won't somebody please, please think of the children right. version of that. You know, it's that just the statistics version of that where it's like just derail it completely by denying that the ground is under us and the sky is above challenging the actual facts this is a war against reality this is i mean the the stakes i've been saying this for a long time now the political debate in this country is no longer about left versus right democrat versus republican it is literally reality versus fiction i mean half of the political debate in this country is being occupied by people who have based their entire worldview on fiction, on bullshit that they hear from professional carnival barkers on talk radio and Fox News Channel and now OAN, which will soon be Trump TV. Mm-hmm. And they've just been indoctrinated into this. I mean, did you guys see? This is what drives me nuts, though. I can't understand. It's like the square peg round hole thing where I'm like, why are you putting your your ideology ahead of the facts in front of you? That's right. It seems to me that the facts in front of you should be or now at this point are pressing and urgent and telling you that you can die if you don't pay attention. And they're still just like going, la, la, la. You know, like William mm-hmm. F. Buckley once said that a conservative is a person standing athwart the flow of history saying, stop. Yeah. And actually a conservative is apparently a person standing athwart the flow of reality going, la, 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 la. I hear nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just. Fuck them. Well, it's, just, it's not fuck them. It's not even about conservatism anymore, because if you actually define what no. conservatism is, uh, they've completely abandoned all of that. I mean, they are now all about Trumpism. That is the ideology 
of the Republican Party now. Maybe not the entire Republican Party, but at least 95% of the Republican Party is now defined by whatever Trump says. If Trump says it, then that's what we believe. And that's why we have all of this insanity happening in Michigan. And there was another one in Ohio. In fact, did you guys see the photo of the red hats pounding on the door and screaming. And that was in Ohio or Michigan? That was that one was in Ohio, where it looked like wow. the zombie apocalypse, where the camera uh, was inside, and they were all on the outside, and they were all pressed up against the windows of the doors, yelling and screaming. <laughs> it was an unbelievable photograph. I mean, you talk about a document of the times. That's a photo that I think... And they're oh, always so attractive as people. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, that's right. If, if you go, screaming thumbs. In fact, I think I might use that image as the image for today's show. So you all know what I'm talking about. It's been all over Twitter, David. And it, it's just one of those terrifying things. It's like, you, you talk about a death cult, well, these people all look like the living dead. That's what they... Because they were behaving the, the way that they are voicing their dissatisfaction with the stay-at-home orders is, is striking to me, too. Because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're protesting the stay-at-home orders. They're protesting social distancing. And how are they organizing their protest against social distancing and against stay-at-home orders? By social distancing and staying in their cars. I mean, that was the most amazing thing, to see them all locked in their cars, terrified that they're going to get the coronavirus, but pushing people like Gretchen Whitmer and Republican Mike DeWine to reopen all the businesses, restaurants, storefronts, et cetera, it, it, so they can all get coronavirus. I mean, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, it makes, it makes me wish that the coronavirus was actual killer bees. You know, it's like, you know, like we're protesting coronavirus <laughs> by going outside. And so, like, I mean, if it was, I mean, if we could just have it happen in real time, it would be so much more. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that this is an incubation period is the problem. Right. 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 <laughs> they just don't go out and die immediately when they touch each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, yep. South Dakota is learning this hard right now because that pork plant is closed down, correct? And 200 people in that plant catch it? 514 oh, as of last 514 night. 514 as of wow. wow. And oh so those God. 514 each have infected at least three other people. And those three other people, another, you know, 14 people. And so like the Fabergé commercial. So it's yeah. it's those 500 people plus have infected a good portion of the state. Yeah. And going back to the children issue uh, with sending kids back to school prematurely, I guess that would just be the children themselves. I mean, imagine the adults who would then exactly. catch it from the children. And then so you're talking about on top of the 1.1 million to 1.7 million dead kids, you're going to have another factor multiply of how that many. Multiply by 10. Yeah, At multiply 10. by 10. Yeah, because you've got, exactly. Because you've got parents, you've got siblings who might be older than school age picking it mm-hmm. up too because everyone's kind of locked at home with their families to an extent. I mean, I don't know what it would look like after they've already sent kids back to school. Would there still be stay-at-home orders for the rest of us? I don't know. But what we're talking about is a, a greater number of, of dead people. And Trump is, our, by the way, okay with that because he mm-hmm. believes that the death toll from the stay-at-home orders is going to supersede the death toll from sending people 
back to work, quote unquote, reopening right. the economy. Uh, you, you know, and the consequences will be far greater if we stay out su- suicides. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm just, oh, <laughs> so, so what he's basically saying is that 2,500 people a day are going to kill themselves because of the stay at home order. By the way, also, the number of deaths keep going up. They're going up at a slower rate now, but they're mm-hmm. still going up day over day. Mm-hmm. So every time he says something to the effect, and now he's doing this crazy gesture of the actual graphs. He's kind of making the hand gesture to duplicate the direction and the shape <laughs> of the graph. And, and so he's, well, we're getting to the top there, and it's kind of turning, and it's going to go down, and then suddenly we're going to all be back. It's going to be all great again. And it's just, oh, my God. You don't understand. He doesn't understand anything outside of getting himself reelected. And that, well, again— did John Kennedy say that it would be bad to reopen the country? He's a Republican from Louisiana. Yeah, poorly named, but um, he he basically said on te- television. Well, saying, New Orleans is getting pounded. It and is they really don't have good health care there. They don't. I lived there, and they've got like two hospitals for the whole giant city, and one of them is just a shithole. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, I can understand being from Louisiana and saying, you know what, we we really don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's usually the state and local people are all making somewhat wise decisions. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there are some outliers with repu- really loyal Trumpists who are uh, making stupid decisions like uh, Ron DeSantis, for example, just making horrendous decisions and have been making horrendous decisions since this all began. It's just like mm-hmm. looking to Trump to see what Trump does. So they know, oh, I'm going to do that now too. And so he's going to be responsible for dead people. I mean, I, I, I can't even believe we're having this conversation that, again, half of the political debate in this country is occupied around, well, you know what? The Dow Jones industrial average is more important than 1.7 million dead children. So there's your your right. priorities. Just, and your pro-life. These are your pro-life the pro, people. Yes, the, pro, the pro-life people. Just like, you know, hey, look, the economy's roaring. Just ignore that pile of bodies. <laughs> exactly you know? right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just can't believe the way they're going to bat for this cartoon character. I mean, it's staggering. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not just for him. It's for the whole billionaire class. I guess so. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, people, yeah. the people who created this giant Rube Goldberg machine we call an economy mm-hmm. are desperate for it to go back to normal as quickly as possible because the longer it stays this way, the more, the harder it's going to be for us to go back to being serfs in their big, stupid, medieval machine yep. that we're all in. And they desperately, well, we'll talk about it after the break. Okay, sounds good. Well, now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands, sneezing into our arms, but we could still end up being a carrier of the virus. I mean, we don't know. Phones are a vector for disease and we rarely, rarely ever clean them. I mean, they say your, your cell phone is dirtier than your toilet. I've heard that before. We're constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face. You. It's time to take cleaning your phones seriously <laughs> Clean Phone Sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone gets every inch of your phone clean. Simply put your phone in the Clean Phone case and it'll charge your phone while it's sanitized. Jody, can you make the uh, Clean Phone noise with your Clean Phone? Okay. Yeah, hold on. All right. All right, there she goes. I'm doing it. Hold, please. Your call is very important. There she goes. All right. Come on, girl. This better be good. Here, I'll make up a jingle real quick. Clean phone. (laughs) It's just not a mean phone. I feel like Bill Murray. Oh, cool. So it talks. It's. 
So it says, welcome to your cell phone sanitizer. That's so cool. Clean phone. You can get- Did you hear that at all? Yeah, I could hear it a little bit. David sung over it a bit, but- Oh, I didn't realize. I thought that was Jody just talking to Lonnie. (laughs) No, it says- it says, welcome to your clean phone sanitizer. And then once you hit this little button, it goes, disinfection in, pro- in progress. And then in about six or seven minutes, it says, disinfection complete. So not only does it sanitize your phone, but it makes you feel like you're in the future. It makes you feel like you're right. on, on board the Starship Enterprise. You can yes. even use it to sanitize ju- jewelry, <laughs> keys, and other small items. I know people with toe masks, rings. masks, if you're wearing masks. Masks, yeah, yeah. Masks if, you've got a, if you're still wearing a thumb ring, you, know, you can put your thumb ring in there, too. It'll clean that. Go to the clean phone phone.com today that's thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $79 and free shipping if you're serious about hygiene it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean that's thecleanphone.com include the the in there thecleanphone.com thank you the Bob Seska Show Was it for real? Aching and hoping we stand, then we kneel. Ask me, where have I been? Choked in a stranglehold where love meets with sin. A lifetime did occur, now we're dust upon the fur. Blow it off and brush it and go back to where we were. I can see your disguise. Yeah, this is a uh, gin chocolate and bottle rockets disguise from their very foist album. Gin chocolate and bottle rockets, album of the same name. Yeah, we're gonna have Jen and Mike Farley on the interview show at the end of May. So if you remember last week, we had uh, Michael McDermott on, and he performed three songs live on the show. And uh, we're going to kind of do the same thing with uh, Jen Farley from Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets and Mike Farley from the Mike Farley Band. They are they are a couple. They are a married. And they're going to be joining us uh, together. And I'm looking forward to that. BobSuska.com slash music if you want to send your music here so I can play it on the show to give me permission to do it. So all of the various platforms don't yell at me for playing it. I need your permission before I do it. Make sure to send your own music. Don't send someone else's music and try to trick me into doing something illegal. Please and and thank you. Okay, so where were we? Where did we leave off here? We're going to talk about the... Uh, World the Health Organization. Gaslighting. Oh, all the gaslighting. Well, there, you know, there was a piece in Medium. I don't know if it's been passed around it, but you should look it up for but the great get ready for the great gaslighting. Because great whenever gaslighting. things mm-hmm. do go back to normal, corporations are gonna spend billions of dollars trying to be like, okay, all that you just saw didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, it puts I mean, they're already it's like, you know, before it was like, you know, buy a Hyundai, and now it's like, we know times are hard. Yeah. Things are uncertain. Buy a Hyundai. Walmart Um, ads with the Lean On Me song. It's like, seriously? You don't even pay your workers. Yeah. Yeah, or give them full or give them medical or health benefits or yeah. like, I mean this is a this is a huge problem and it's why we have the worst caseload in the country. Aside, I mean, aside from the bungling of the federal government, we have a shitty shitty healthcare system. It just has this is the, you know, I think I heard someone describe the coronavirus as a black light and our healthcare system as a cum stained hotel room basically. <laughs> it just um Who described it that way? 
Ber- I can't Bernie Sanders. Now, but did Bernie Sanders probably, did yeah. Bernie Sanders say cum stained hotel room? I don't know. I doubt it, but... Let me tell you something um, about the cum-stained hotel rooms of... Uh, oh, stop. Ew. <sighs> don't do that. What's Bernie um, Sanders talking about? <laughs> See, okay. It's getting I hope the- that people realize, though, that they do have the power here. Yeah. Like, if they stop paying their, you know, credit card, the credit card company can't come to their house and get them. You know, it's just like, if we stand up and say, you can't force me back into the old economy because it was shitty anyway. Yeah. As a group, maybe we can actually find a better way of living on the planet. Well, I think it all has to start with the main thrust of everything I've been saying for the last uh, three years, which is that Americans basically need to reprioritize who we ascend to uh, leadership posts in this country politically, because we're sending, by and large, at least half of us, sending the wrong people. We're sending cartoon characters and weirdos and totalitarians and people who have no business being anywhere near uh, levers of power, like Louis right. Gohmert, for fuck's sake. Oh, God. I mean, someone... Or Representative Chucklefuck. What's his name? Gates from Florida. <laughs> yeah, Matt Gates. Mark Meadows <sighs> is no longer in Congress anymore. That whole crowd. I mean, that needs to be walled back up. I mean, they need mm-hmm. to do like a cask of Amontillado with these guys and just build a brick wall, seal them all behind it, let them poke each other's eyeballs out while the rest of the normals go about the day-to-day business of running this country. I mean, that's the way it's got to work. I mean, we have to stop championing people we want to have a beer with and the folksy people and the people who, you know, are ju- quote-unquote just like us. We don't want those people that's anymore. kind of why I wish we could draft Cuomo for the Democratic nomination. I mean, he, the Democrats have not pushed Cuomo forward as a public figure because he's thorny. Yeah. And he's, but I mean, I kind of want a president right now who's a little like the principal. Here's the problem with uh, elevating someone like Cuomo because of his reaction to this. He's done certainly a heroic job in all of this. He's d- d- performed very, very well in the face of this crisis. But we have a tendency in this country of pointing to someone who's done a really great job. And then as soon as they put their hat in the ring, to run for elected office, they just get torn to shreds. They just get completely mm-hmm. fucked over. I mean, you look at uh, case after case of, of, of this sort of thing. We always do this. Well, Hillary Clinton, I think, is the best example. Everyone loved Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State. There was right. not a person, didn't matter whether they were far left, centrist, mm-hmm. center left, whatever. We were all circulating the memes of Hillary Clinton with the sunglasses and texting on her phone inside the C-180 or whatever she was in. And I was still on board with that when it came time to 2016. I don't know what the hell happened. A a huge problem, though, of I mean, the giant failures of 2016 were media centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's the part fact that of we it. didn't realize that as we were getting outraged and the more we talked about Donald Trump, the more we were spreading his message. Yeah, um, it's kind of I mean, it's kind of like covid. Like it's just mm-hmm. in a way like it's we I think AOC is one of the people who figured that out. Yeah. She was uh-huh. like, I can work this the opposite way that if I can get Tucker Carlson to scream and tear his hair and gnash his teeth and beat his breast about my terrifying agenda of common sense ideas, <laughs> yeah. I'm spreading it to more people. And I just, I, you know, it's it's like, again, here it is, evidence on the ground versus ideology. Exactly. Like we can look at what works and copy it, or we can continue to stick to the same stupid things that have failed us in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
our criticism of our leadership still tends to be a little bit superficial, even on the side of the normals. And I'm saying that Mm -hmm. what we need to do is look at real leadership skills and evaluate our candidates based on that, based on experience, based on knowledge, based on how they comport themselves, not as performers, but as leaders. And there is a difference. Mm -hmm. There's a major difference between being performancy and being a leader. It's like the difference between... Hopefully these daily press donkey, uh, uh, whatever you want to call them, goat ropes are uh, showing that. That while that, all the time you're spending yelling at reporters on camera, you could be presidenting. Yeah, Well, the thing with Cuomo, though, until now, New Yorkers didn't like him. Yeah. Because of some of the policies that he enacted. And so, yes, he's coming off as, as your dad, and everybody's referring to Gavin Newsom as your cool stepdad, yeah, which I agree right. with. Um, <laughs> but Newsom's being yelled at for keeping California still closed down, and it's like, we're the fifth the largest, largest economy on the planet. If he thought it was safe for residents like me to move about freely, he would lift it. Yeah. He doesn't want his his constituents to be out of work either, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I understand that. And he's getting re- apparently yelled at at some of his press conferences. Is like, F you reporters. Yeah. You're lucky that you're six feet apart right now. And he's making you do it. Yeah, we have a tendency in this country to elevate heroes and then to tear them down as soon as they make yep. one teeny tiny mistake. And it could mm-hmm. be a mistake mm-hmm. that offends a lot of people and that might have its own level of damage. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's one mistake and we can't... And here comes the green bean lobby. Yeah, I mean, imagine this. Imagine if Adam Schiff ran for president. We all, at this point, we all sit there going, oh, that's great because he's so smart and he's a fighter and he does all these things. Now imagine Adam Schiff on a debate stage in a performance setting where we all go, oh my God, yawn, yawn, Adam Schiff. There he goes again with all of that wonk. And so... Before we go too far away from it, though, I do want to talk about just like how desperately the millionaire class or billionaire class is going to, I mean, wants our old way of life to come back and it really doesn't need to. We need to understand we need to be empowered to protect our own health and safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, uh, it, it, it just I'm really worried that like those the voices are screaming at the governors and at everybody, you know, get back to work, go back in May. And it's just mm-hmm. the May 1st thing is ter- a terrifying well, idea yes. that he's actually going to find some way to force people. And I just I don't know. It's a, this is this is like something nothing like anything humanity has ever faced before. So he wants businesses to reopen and large businesses to reopen, but those businesses want testing to make sure it's safe for their people to go back to work. Ford apparently is developing an app with somebody to put on their workers' wrists to know whether you're closer than six feet to the people you're working with. Yeah. It buzzes. Mm. And that's so that they can get back to work, And it's, but it should be farther away than six feet. It should be at least 15, but that's just... And they should wear masks and N95 masks because regular <sighs> masks are good, but N95s are better. But, I mean, that's the only way any sort of manufacturing could come back until we have serology tests that are showing enough antibodies so you can go back to work, and even if you're reinfected, you're not going to get sick. Um, or you won't get reinfected and you can't give it to anybody anymore. I mean, these are the tests that we need to have. And they are asking him for that. And we're testing less now than we were a week ago. And I'm really angry. Yeah. Well, there's a giant Keynesian elephant in the room that we're not talking about here that a lot of people aren't talking about right now, which is that the United States government can literally print money. And I don't know why we're not doing 
way more spending. Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany, I think, is doing it. France is doing it. A bunch of other countries are, in fact, guaranteeing payroll to companies yep. to keep people on payroll. And that's not coming from a bank for a loan, which is the Paycheck Fairness Act. Mm-hmm. This is coming from the federal, their federal government saying, look, if you guarantee to keep your people on payroll, you'll, you'll be given money from our government, yep. 75 to 80% of their payroll. So people are not getting... They're getting less than what they normally would when working, but now they're being paid to stay home because it's safer. And That's those companies so don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything that America is about right now. Yeah. You know, everything that our country believes in. It's like, you don't work, you don't eat. Rah! You know, we got to have right. this whole like Dick Cheney kind of like social Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just, you know, and this is what I hope we will finally learn to reverse in this country mm. through this. If we come through this with one thing intact or one thing that's, I mean, been broken. It needs to be this whole just hateful kind of like if you're in trouble, you deserve it Mm -hmm. idea of like economics and that like, you know, if you're not a billionaire, that's just because of bad choices you made. Uh, And it's I'm sick of it. It's just it's in. Well, this just seems to like there's a completely logical solution to all this. First of all, the Republicans have abandoned all of their values anyway. Mm -hmm. So why not? I mean, they just passed a two trillion dollar spending bill there's going to be a massive budget deficit coming out of this there's going to be a massive national debt coming out of all of this but we're already there what's another two trillion dollars or another four trillion dollars on top of that it's either that or the economy continues to spiral out of control or or millions more likely what's going to happen (laughs) yeah or millions of children die i mean it's just like it's Mm. you you have one of those choices you have three choices in front of you it's (laughs) Either people die, the economy fails, or we spend $4 trillion. Those are the three options. Which one is the more appealing one? I mean, it's obvious. We just spend our way out of this. I mean, I don't know why this becomes such a controversial uh, solution to all of this. I mean, how is that less controversial? who believe that there's just like, people are going to get money that don't deserve it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's Lindsey Graham the, wants to take down this, the the extra unemployment money. He wants to bring that down several dollars an hour because how dare we make people have enough food to eat and pay their rent? I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. The fuck. Yeah, yeah. This and is this, really, I mean, this is the greatest collision of ideology and actuality and reality yes. that we've seen in our lifetime, I think. Yeah. And it just, it, I mean, that's I just, why that's why the Red Hats are so beside themselves, so freaking off the, the rails because reality is smacking up against their fiction and they don't know how to reconcile these two things. That was what was so amazing about the protests in Michigan and Ohio yesterday, mm-hmm. because there they were social distancing and uh, I mean, in a technical sense, staying at home insofar as they were all locked in their cars. Mm-hmm. And then they were at the same time doing that to protest, stay at home and social distancing. And it's an amazing uh, collision of reality and fiction for these people. And so they're going bananas and they don't know what to say or what to do. So, I mean, ultimately, you can just start writing checks start i don't care if donald trump's ekg signature is on every fucking one so what we're we're all now stormy daniels big fucking deal we're getting checks from donald trump 
they can just they can, <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> they can, I just well that one came out that was a good one and it just took me a surprise I was <laughs> drinking some water actually sorry okay uh, but they, as you were yeah <laughs> they they can easily spend their way out of this but they won't embrace mm-hmm. that that is the bridge too far abortions in the 48th trimester exactly. fine and fucking dandy as long as Sean Hannity and Dr. Oz and Donald Trump endorse that idea but spending another two trillion four trillion five trillion dollars to prop up the economy oh we can't do that oh because i mean we're sacrificing our children's futures by mortgaging posterity i mean it's so fucking insane it is so absolutely batshit speaking of which speaking of bats and shit we're going to talk about kellyanne conway right after these words oh god you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Little eyes so many words hide between the lines I've heard. Every day brings one more thing. Losing all that I keep me Now as I lay down to sleep I pray to God this world to keep Wake to find that one more time Everything's been one big lie One big lie Alright, yeah, this is Terry Morris The uh, song is called One Big Lie From our brand new album, No Confessions Links in the description for all of our indie bands here Go to bobseska.com Click the link for the podcast that you might be listening to right now And uh, and support all of our indie bands here uh, By the way, I gotta say uh, a special I'm sorry To uh, all of the DC mooks Who keep having like uh, Wednesday Zoom chats I'm talking about Natalie I'm talking about Sandy and Durwood I'm talking about Sue and Rockville And they're apparently all getting together uh, On Wednesdays for chats And I, I can't I can't attend. I've, I've been invited a couple of times, but Wednesdays are like my hell day. I mean, not it's right. not hellish for me. It's just very, very busy because I've got I do Stephanie Miller show in the morning, and then I uh, what do I do in the midday? <laughs> Forgot what what do I do on Wednesdays? What, what am I talking about? Refrigerator sex time. That's refrigerator ex- sex. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, marijuana. You I can't remember what I do on Wednesdays. Um, 
I tried to use Zoom one time this week, and like it wouldn't let me into the event that I was going to, and it wouldn't yeah. let me in, and it wouldn't let me in. So I logged out, and I logged back in, and then it's like now telling me that the host is having another meeting yeah. that I'm not invited to. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just exactly how my last major friendship <laughs> felt, breakdown had. It's just everything I hate about leaving the house. Right, like, why right. am I even doing this? I was like, up you, up your Zoom, but I'll try again at some point. Yeah. Well, it's like I mean, the if- only way to go to an AA meeting, apparently. <laughs> so. <laughs> In all seriousness, I do the Stephanie Miller show in the morning, and then I do my own show midday, and then I have to write an article for the Daily Banter, or for The Banter, at thebanter.substack.com, and then I do an audio commentary for Buzz Burbank, and then I add that audio commentary also on my Patreon page for $10 and, and more subscribers there, and then I do the John Fugelsang show uh, at around 9.15, 9.30 Eastern Time every Wednesday evening, so I've got a packed Wednesday, and I I just can't squeeze in that uh, Zoom call with everybody. But you, you, you were mentioning your troubles with Zoom, David. There's this great scene from Silicon Valley. You have to go look it up. Just do, just go to YouTube and and search for Silicon Valley, the HBO comedy series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then type in a hologram. It is the one of the funniest okay. things. Anyone who's dealt with streaming video. It is one of the greatest satires of streaming video in the history of uh, of satire. So, anyway, okay. all right. So we were talking Let's about, talk about Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway is uh, apparently a flaming moron. I mean, I don't know where she yes. gets this. She <laughs> she said this is COVID nineteen, not COVID one, folks. And so you would think the people charged <laughs> with the World Health Organization facts and figures would be on top of that. So she said that as if to say, well, we've had eighteen other COVIDs. Like yeah, their police academy movies. <laughs> this is the nineteenth seat. This is the eighteenth sequel. It's the best one. It's the electric boogaloo version of COVID. That's right. She's uh. she's mistaking COVID nineteen for police academy movies. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's it's right. It's really we- actually the second SARS is what it is. Right. It's yes. SARS, the electric Sar- boogaloo. They named it after the year, dumbass lady. Oh, yeah. Please stop talking, dumb lady. <sighs> That's she's just, like, I mean, I don't even think she's a person. She's like this sort of like wig and a department store mannequin. They just like have animated and like it just when they need to float a really, really stinky talking point, they're like bring in the bot, yeah. you know, and the outcomes Kelly. Right. <laughs> and of course, now there are 60 million American voters who are like, yeah, what about all those other 18 COVIDs? I mean, well, guess what? The other administrations dealt with them just fine would be the answer. <laughs> That's the other thing that he keeps still on about the big cupboards being bare. Like we got into bare cupboards for the previous administration. Yes. You've had three years to fill those fucking cupboards. The best part about that is he insists that he made up the cupboard is bare. That phrase. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. no. No. Mm-hmm. That's from... what? He did? What, yeah, what nursery oh, yeah. rhyme is that from? Isn't Mother that from, Hubbard. Mother yeah, Hubbard, yes. Mother Hubbard, yeah. <laughs> so Donald Trump thinks he's Mother Hubbard. Well, that kind of makes sense. I don't know and why. the dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what he also wants to be. Donald Trump wants to be a talk radio show host. And uh, I wish him the best of luck because already uh, Rush Limbaugh has offered him the opportunity to actually fill in 
on the Rush Limbaugh show. Because he's so good at the talking. Yes. on, on the si- words and the talking and the verbs. Yeah, <laughs> great. That's right. It'll be tremendous, like a thousand usages of the word tremendous. I mean, can you imagine mm-hmm. Trump hosting a show for three hours, taking calls? Oh, my God. Yeah, the calls- I can, actually, because, I mean, he, he, he's done it on it's what his whole press conference thing is now. Yeah, but you would have actual human beings, not, not members of the press. You would have actual regular people calling in and flaming him like prank calling him that's what i would do i would call in as a regular red hat i would pretend that i was just uh, one of his voters and then as soon as he would have me on that's when i would just turn on a dime and start hammering him i mean it's happened to limbaugh okay, i have to tell day. you guys something this is totally off subject but i did something yesterday that i have always dreamed about doing yeah i put two companies on hold with each other <laughs> So like I was supposed to get a delivery from FedEx yesterday and I got a notice that it had come and I walk outside and it's not here. Um, and I got in touch with FedEx and then I got in and they, they you know, it ended up after an hour. I was like, they put me on hold. And then the company that sent the thing put me on hold and said, well, okay, I had my phone with the company that sent it. And so I got my husband to bring me his phone and I called FedEx and I put them on hold with each other. And then when they came on, I was like, hang on, hang on, get the other person back online. And then I let them talk to each other. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, it, was, it actually works, but anyway, go on. I'm entirely serious about Donald Trump wanting to have his own talk show on Saturday in early March. Trump, clad in a a baseball cap, this is from the New York Times, clad in a baseball cap, strode into the Situation Room for a meeting with the Coronavirus Task Force. He didn't stop by the group's daily meetings often, but he had an idea he was eager to share. He wanted to start a White House talk radio show. At the time, (laughs) the virus was rapidly spreading across the country, and Mr. Trump would soon announce a ban on European travel. A talk radio show, Mr. Trump excitedly explained, would allow him to quell Americans' fears and answer their questions about the pandemic directly, according to three White House officials who heard the pitch. There would be no screening, he said, just an open line for people to call and engage one-on-one with the president, and already I'm salivating. I hope, you know what? This, uh, Char- I kind of just threw up in my ears a little bit. <laughs> Charlie Pierce made fun of this, but I'm completely in support of this idea because I want to call. I want to call a lot. I would just spend all day hitting redial, trying to get in, trying to get on the line. You'd need to use different phone numbers because he might have caller ID. Yeah, yeah. Well, he also well, said- like we wouldn't all sit in a circle and hand bob our phones. There we go. <laughs> By the way, he said uh, he decided not to do it. He said- uh, On that Saturday, almost as suddenly as he proposed it, the president outlined one reason he would not be moving forward with the idea. He did not want to compete with Rush Limbaugh. That is amazing. There it goes. Just the talk yeah, radio well, show. Lung idea. cancer is going to compete with Rush Limbaugh a lot faster than you are, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. These people. It is a death cult. They are in mm-hmm. a death cult now. Um, by the way, while we're still here, I urge you to go back to our Wednesday interview show this week and listen to my interview with Brian Karam from Playboy magazine. He's the White House uh, correspondent for Playboy. And he was the guy who asked Trump that question the other day. I think it was on the Tuesday Trump show it, that really set Trump off. I mean, I thought, in fact, Donald Trump was going to come down off the dais in the Rose Garden, and I thought he was going to punch Brian Karam because he was getting physically agitated. He wasn't just going quiet, quiet, 
quite with that stumpy little finger pointing quiet as if somehow the motion of his finger would magically shut Brian Karam's mouth. But then he was actually like grimacing and like turning and like getting red faced and like, I'm going to punch him. And of course, I I missed this one. I I wasn't watching on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the question? Brian talks about the entire because I asked him what his whole question was going to be. And so he Mm -hmm. talks about that on the interview show. And then Trump interrupts him and says, I know what your question's going to be. I know what you want. And just quiet, quiet, quiet. And then he was calling Brian Karam a loud mouth and a, a showboat. <laughs> so oh, was my a, God. It was one of those moments where, I mean, that was the Trump show where Donald Trump spent the first half of it naming nuts, just naming all these corporations as if he was right. half asleep. In fact, uh, Travis Bone uh, texted me uh, from the Stephanie Miller show. And he was, he was saying, are you watching this? And I said, shh, president's napping. And then as soon as, the, <laughs> as, as soon as the Q&A portion came around, that's when he turned into this rage monster and just started freaking out. And see, that's, I, look, I get it. I get that his red hats love it when he beats up on the press. But I don't think he fully understands how destabilizing that is. For us, for um, the regular like rank-and-file Americans, I'm not talking about those of us who follow politics on a daily basis. I'm talking about regular people who have lives and children and jobs and so on, and they don't ensconce themselves in this shit all day. Uh, mm-hmm. They're watching the president talk like a maniac, and we're already stressed out. We're already afraid. We're already worried about almost literally everything the safety of our children the future of our jobs our our mortgages our rent payments our utility payments where the next paycheck's going to come from and there's the president on television acting like a fucking unhinged maniac the the monday trump show was even worse Political- no but even before it was over like his fundraising people were already figuring out ways to try to capitalize on it to get like yeah. more money out of the red hats it's mm-hmm. just it's it's a self i mean he ugh. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I mean, after the Wednesday Trump or the, I should say the Monday Trump show, like all of political Twitter and, and half of the rest of people were looking up adjectives for unspooled. I said to Brian Karam, I was not surprised, but I was still shocked. And I think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think yeah. you can still be not. Sp- oh, the tr- Trump's going off again, I see. But at the same time, you still have to be thinking. The president shouldn't be talking like this. The president shouldn't be acting like this. This is uh, horrendously damaging, and he should stop as quickly as possible. And so those two things, so you can actually feel those two things at the same time. Uh, because it absolutely isn't, like I said, it's not surprising that the president doesn't have any grasp on reality or decorum or anything else. He has a grasp on one thing, and that's re-election. If you see everything that he does... Through the prism of re-election, then everything makes sense. You know sense. what? I'm pretty sure that if more Americans die on your watch than under any other president in history, and the economy crater is even harder than the Great Depression, yeah. you're not allowed to be president again. Just no. period. Yeah. You right. know, forget it, dude. Just like take your lumps and go home. But if uh, if Bar- if Barack Obama, or let's say, let's put it this way, if Hillary Clinton had acted this irresponsibly mm-hmm. in the face of this pandemic. She would have been impeached. Well, can you imagine if they she would have thought they're screaming at reporters? Uh, yeah. They would have been like, oh my God, she's an hysterical woman. Get her out of here. Yeah. Or the yeah. Republic, the like, Republicans would have impeached her. Mitch McConnell would have convicted her. And she would have been removed from office if she hadn't been uh, impeached before then. Uh, I still have a theory if uh, Hillary Clinton had won 
the 2016 election, she probably would have been impeached for the emails within the first year. Probably, and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Unless we had won the Senate back, you know. I mean, had she won, Russ Feingold might have been sat in the Senate like he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it could have been a different because uh, there was a lot of rat fuckery yes. going on. Yeah, yeah. At, at the more at the bigger, not at the local level as much as it was at the the statewide levels. So. All right, listen to Jody Hamilton's podcast from the bunker. It's from dash the dash bunker dot com and everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, David Ferguson's podcast is called the T Rex Report. That's at Patreon dot com slash T Rex Report. Make sure to support all your local media. Make sure to support the Stephanie Miller Show at Patreon dot com slash the Stephanie Miller Show. All right, that's it. We'll see you on the post mortem show on our Patreon page. That's coming up next. Take care, folks. Bye bye. 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 Fuck them.